You're listening to the sermon cast of First Presbyterian Church Spartanburg. To watch the full video of this worship service and to learn more about the ministries of our church, visit us online at fpcspartanburg.org. We hope you enjoy the message. Our second scripture comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 14. Let us continue to listen to and for the word of the Lord. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, says Jesus. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, because he abides with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you will also live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have kept, have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father. And I will love them and reveal myself to them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Prepare our hearts, O God, to accept your word. Silence in us any other voices but your own, so that we may hear your word and be stirred by your spirit. Through your son Jesus we pray. Amen. As I was reading through our scriptures for today, the word that immediately stood out for me was the word advocate in John. The first thing that I thought about was a time in my own life when people had been advocates for me. When I was preparing to move to South Carolina to take a job at a campus ministry called Mere Christianity Forum at Furman, It was not required for me to be ordained for this position, but that was something that I had been working towards for years. And so I went to the presbytery and I asked if they would consider making it a validated ministry, which meant that I could be ordained for it. Now, since this campus ministry wasn't quite as straightforward and they weren't quite as familiar with it as UKirk or another college chaplain position, Not everyone was on board at first, but eventually the presbytery agreed to ordain me for this role. Now, little did I know at the time, but one of the reasons for this shift was that two other Presbyterian ministers in the area, one of whom I hadn't even met yet, had been speaking on my behalf in support of my ordination before I even arrived. Andy and Jennifer had advocated for me and for my ordination, opening the door to that possibility in order for it to become a reality. And once I found this out, I immediately felt this sense of gratitude and support and love. It was so nice to know that other people had my back and were willing to fight for me, and that I had not been alone. Hearing the word advocate also brought to my mind the handful of people in this church who have answered the call to serve in a special position called a guardian at litem. 
Guardian at litem serve as advocates for children during court proceedings to represent the best interests of the child in a lot of very difficult situations. One of our members, Donna Kennedy, shared her story with me about one of her experiences. She says, advocating for children has definitely been a calling and a blessing. One boy that I had who had been through lots of trauma acted out in all of his placements after his parents' rights were terminated. Since I would have him under my care until he turned 18 or was adopted, I was his one constant. He was in many foster homes and group homes, having to be moved when they couldn't handle his acting out. I had done all I knew to do for him, but to continue to go visit and let him know that I loved him. So I visited and I told him I loved him every few weeks. And it even became a joke between us. The first time I visited in each new placement, he would say, I knew you would find me. And then we would laugh and hug and I would tell him that I loved him. Donna says that as a guardian at Lightham, we are a constant presence in the child's life. The caseworkers, residential placements, and therapists all change, but the guardian at Lightham stays with them forever, like the spirit. This word, advocate, which is translated from the Greek word paraclete, literally means called to one side. It's a powerful thing to know, as John Daniel was telling the children, that somebody is in your corner. Somebody is willing to go to bat for you, especially when you don't feel like you have the power or the resources to do it yourself. The words that we just heard from John are part of the early part of Jesus's farewell speech to his disciples, which is unique to this gospel. And in these words, Jesus begins to prepare them for when he will no longer be with them physically. If we look back earlier to chapter 13, Jesus tells the disciples that he will be leaving soon and that where he is going, they cannot follow him. And they start to get anxious. They start asking a lot of questions. Well, how do we get there? How will we know the way? How can we trust that you're not going to forget about us? And he answers their anxieties first with a challenge. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. In other words, even when Jesus is no longer with them, he challenges them to continue to be faithful. He charges them to live out his words and deeds even when he cannot physically be with them to keep them on track. And we can read between the lines in this John passage and figure out that the disciples are worried about trying to figure this out on their own. And let's be honest, this fear isn't unwarranted because they haven't had the best track record for getting it right or really understanding what Jesus has been telling them even when he's there with them. And so along with Jesus' challenge, he also offers them comfort. 
He gives them this comfort and this promise that even after he leaves, another advocate will be with them, the Holy Spirit. Jesus uses some vivid language here. In verse 16, he says that the spirit of truth will abide with them. And if that sounds familiar, that is where we got the name for our young adult Sunday school class, which is also called abide. And that word, meno in the Greek, has so many powerful meanings. When Jesus tells them that the spirit will abide with them, it's a promise that the spirit is going to endure with them, to live with them, remain with them, to wait and stay with them. In a time where the disciples fear abandonment by Jesus, he gives them the reassurance that they need. Though Jesus will no longer be physically present with them much longer, they will not be left alone to fend for themselves. And as Jesus' disciples today, we are not left alone to fend for ourselves either. We will not be orphaned. Jesus' promise that he will send the Holy Spirit is one that lasts forever. This is the ultimate promise of comfort and hope. I was given the challenge, privilege of teaching the confirmation class the week where we were discussing the Trinity. Let me tell you, trying to explain the Trinity to ninth graders is not an easy task. Although to be fair, trying to explain the Trinity to anyone at any age is not an easy task. And so while I was compiling information, reading all these books, one way that I tried to describe it to them that I thought was helpful came from Shirley Guthrie, and her language was the father over us, the son with and for us, and the spirit in and among us. Here in this passage in John, We see that the Son was with us and advocating for us in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus gave us this flesh and blood example of how to live, but as a human being, he couldn't be with us in person forever. And so once Jesus is no longer around, Jesus brings us comfort by reminding us that God will still be present and accessible in a different form, in the person of the Holy Spirit, who is always at work in and among us, no matter where we go. And it's that spirit that encourages us to live out that challenge that Jesus gives to keep his commandments. Most of you have probably seen somewhere that popular version of the cartoon where you have the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other shoulder. The angel's trying to tell you to do the right thing and the devil's trying to tempt you to do something else. And I think about that metaphor and I, I think about as an alternative to that. I think instead about the Holy Spirit as this force that's kind of pulling in the middle at your heart, almost like this bird fluttering around in your chest. 
Usually you know the Holy Spirit is at work because it leads you to something that excites you but also kind of scares you. The Spirit often leads us down paths that we probably wouldn't have chosen on our own. But the good news is that the Spirit goes with us when we go down those paths. Jesus says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And the commandment that he gives to his disciples just a chapter earlier is the command to love one another. It's not always an easy task. There are times when trying to love one another will cause suffering or ridicule or frustration. And the first Peter uh, passage draws attention to that reality that following Christ does not exempt us from hardship, which is not something that we really want to hear. And yet one way that I found helpful to think about this was that theologian Jürgen Moltmann describes one type of suffering as active suffering, a suffering of love, a voluntary openness to the possibility of being affected by another. That command to love one another will not be without suffering, because to love means that we feel the pain when someone else is suffering, that we hurt when someone else is hurting. And so loving one another is not just this abstract command with the warm and fuzzy feelings, but a call to action. Our love is expressed through serving one another and making sure that all God's children have the opportunity to flourish. This past week, I had the opportunity to participate in a two-day training that was led by the Racial Equity Institute. And so 30 or so Spartanburg community leaders spent those two days diving deeper into the ways that our systems have negatively impacted certain groups of people in our community. We looked back through history and were made increasingly aware of the ways that we have advantaged certain groups of people, particularly white people, since the beginning of this country's inception. It was a heavy and a hard two days. Those two days highlighted for me with even more clarity the ways in which our world is not as God intended it to be. I left feeling heavy, feeling this burden by this information and knowing that we can do better, yet feeling overwhelmed by the enormity of it all. The suffering is just so great. And so I was driving home and thinking about it and wondering to myself, how can I make a difference? How in the world can we ever change these broken systems that have been in place for hundreds of years? As I was sitting there thinking about it and really not knowing what the answer was, suddenly it, it hit me that first I needed to pray for guidance thinking about these words of Jesus, 
He reminds us that the Spirit is with us always, urging us forward and showing us how to love one another. And so I prayed that the Spirit would lead me, even though I don't have the answers yet, would lead all of us and equip us for this work to love one another and to give everyone the opportunity to flourish. Spirit might very well take us down a path that we never would have gone otherwise, but we also know that we do not go alone. Our training facilitators began our time together with some guidelines to frame our conversation, which were taken from Brian Stevenson of the Equal Justice Initiative. And the last guideline of those was stay hopeful. In the midst of all this heavy information, they reminded us to stay hopeful. And then Peter's letter that Catherine read for us earlier said, always be prepared to make a defense for the hope that is in you. It's the Spirit of God which gives us that hope, both in the challenge that things can be better and that we are called to help make them better, as well as that comfort that we do not do this work alone, that we are not dependent solely on our own strength. The Spirit, our advocate, will be there right by our side every step of the way, encouraging us to advocate for others, encouraging us to love others well. So may it be so. Thanks be to God. Amen.